Hey, and we're live. You know, three different angles from the sidelines of, of Tafari and Kosi Tafari's game-winning goal. Late, 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 late. Almost bedtime. Uh, and, uh, and But a clutch winner as FC Dallas gets the one nothing victory over Austin FC. What, what a night. What a Saturday night. What a late one in, in one of those games that tests your your humanity and your patience as a fan of this team. But uh, first of all, let me just say welcome to Afterburn Soccer Show. Uh, thank you for, for hanging out with us tonight. Send in your comments, your questions. I'm Nathan Hill. You can follow me at Nathan J. Hill. And with me once again tonight is our buddy Jose Carmona. You can follow him at El, El Chico Carmona. Yeah, so... Well, yeah, let's just let's go with those reactions. Austin FC comes to town. Austin was already wrapping up. Uh, we're complaining in the back channels about wanting to celebrate the Copa Tejas for the second year in a row. Uh, and they would have done it. And it almost was. It was almost a 0-0 result, which would have meant that, that Austin had enough points to claim the, the, the cup. But then Tafari spoke. Then Tafari did his thing. And so... What what a gut punch uh, for Austin FC fans, but what a glorious moment for FC Dallas fans. So just your reactions to that match, Jose. Well, I think that they got off to an ominous start when uh, we all learned before in the game through an Austin uh, person that Jesus Ferreira was out for the match. Right. You know, and then we were all like, for real? We're all like wondering, you know, right up until an hour before kickoff that, you know, we got the, yep, it's, it's, it's legit. So I'm just shocked to get that kind of information from someone outside of the organization mm-hmm, first. Mm-hmm. So, but other than that, yeah, after that, it was just frustrating. Here's, you know, the funny thing is the frustration started once Jesus, uh, Giovanni Jesus went out. Giovanni Jesus was looking like he picked up right after, uh, off of League, League's Cup, which is not something you can say for everybody else. Right. Uh, except for maybe Paz and and and, and uh, Tafari and Jesus, those three guys are basically are the three guys that 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 looked like they picked up right off of, right after you know the league's cup. You know, Giovanni Jesus looks like the real deal, and then he goes and gets injured. And and uh, you know we all love Tuomasi, but his offensive limitations were there for everyone to see. So, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. excited. Honestly, Honestly pull the rabbit out of the hat, you know, on this one. Um, I have to say that, that I actually was <laughs> – I had to admit that I actually missed the winning goal because I was actually leaving work right at extra time. And I was basically listening to it on the radio, and I was basically just praying. It's like, you know, I was looking at the clock. So – it actually said uh, 90 plus nine minutes without a score, which was showing on, on my thing. And then, of course, then the score happens, and then we started celebrating. But let's face it, we were all up until the goal. Nobody was really happy. Not, none of the fans yeah. were happy with what was they were seeing on, on the field. Yeah, it, it definitely was a hard-fought game. We'll hear from Nico, a head coach, Nico Estevez, in just a moment. But yeah, and I was I like I was I was on the tarmac. I had flown into Dallas for a connecting flight back home, and was just you know watching the game and, and knowing that I was gonna have to shut my phone off. The plane was taxiing, and I was just was hoping and you know 
and luckily, uh, you know, I don't know what happened if there was some, if there was traffic on the ground or what, but it, we waited away just long enough, and I saw that go, and I was able to, to turn the phone off and and be a happy uh, passenger on that airplane. It it was something else, and yeah, like, it, it you know it those kinds of experiences do make soccer wonderful, right? They make it fun being an FC Dallas fan, and it's not the first late winner we have seen from a team from this team. Uh, in even in, re, in years past, you know, it's 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 a great moment in this sport. But uh, yeah, you know, if you had taken our temperature, um, first half was cagey. Neither team really had much in control. Uh, it just really looked like FC Dallas missed Jesus in this one. They just missed that presence to to make Austin because I, I think as you know, I think Austin handled Jesus Jimenez. They didn't have to worry too much about him, um, and, and that's not no disrespect to Jesus, but just we haven't seen uh, him really bounce. He's bouncing back from his injury and stuff. We just haven't seen him be the the presence that Jesus has been, and the danger that teams have to have to think about. So, and and Bernie Camungo, Bernard, you know, just wasn't uh, the dynamic presence that we saw in the League's Cup. So it's just, and you expect that. In fact. Well, let's go ahead and hear Nico uh, because he does talk about this this break between games that likely contributed to some of the the uneven play for, from the squad. I think uh, <clears throat> we knew it's going to be tough. First of all, because Austin is a is a a great team, uh, very very well coached, and uh, really talented players and the team, and they they were coming from a, a tough tough loss. Um, um, last week, and we knew that they're gonna show up. And they're gonna respond. For us, also, <clears throat> we have to take an account that it was our first game after some weeks. Like I think it's 20 days uh, because our last game was uh, uh, August 6th. Then um, usually, when you have your first game, you are a little bit sloppy. The tempo and the rhythm of the game is um, you are a little bit behind, and you could see that like uh, some sloppy touches, is like uh, some sloppy actions, and. And not the, the 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 way that you that you want it uh, to be uh, and, and be clean to to break a, a difficult defense defense right and more when they they went to a five in the back uh, with uh, with one less man like uh, it was difficult to penetrate it was it was difficult to to get uh, into them um, and uh, but uh, what I have to say is um, is uh, other thing that it was really difficult it was the heat. It was really, really hot. And what people don't realize is we have been uh, playing with the heats throughout like uh, two months already or two and a half months, training every day, uh, playing games. And and it's uh, very, very difficult, very difficult to handle mentally. And I think we had that mentality too, even that it was tough, it was hard. Um, at the end, uh, to to make the difference with uh, that goal. Man, uh, it's, it's just, it's... I think... All right, there we go. Oh yeah, so uh, yeah, you you hear those factors, and I, and I think Nico's right. You know, twenty days from your last action, uh, when you were at least in rhythm, and it was a very emotional match against Inter Miami, who then went on to win the League's Cup. It was going to be slow. It was going to be a little sloppy for this team. Um, and then uh, you know, Heat doesn't doesn't help. Austin had just taken a drubbing. Uh, on their last game, so they were going to come in definitely with renewed sort of focus and a defensive presence. 
uh, you know, all those factors made life difficult for FC Dallas. But on top of that, you missed Jesus and, uh, you know, he just, he, I don't know, it just didn't, wasn't working. It wasn't clicking like we saw with the League's Cup. Um, yeah. And, well, let's face it, FC Dallas looked like a team that hadn't played in three weeks, and Austin had actually played, even though they played bad. They at least had had time to, to shrug off the rust. And in all honesty, um, I think the drubbing they took made Austin basically come out and, and play more defensive than normal, you know, knowing that, that Dallas likes teams who come after them. So Austin was basically... Uh, you know, they won't admit it, but they were being way more careful than they normally would be. And also, frankly, the 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 red card mm-hmm. should have changed the game. And it actually hurt FC Dallas because um, they probably had more chances before the red card than after the red card. And, and Austin, you know, at that time had no choice but to pretty much bunker go into the you know low block and mm-hmm. and and defend for their lives and uh, frankly you know Dallas has always struggled against teams that bunker even 10 man so it was very frustrating for the fans for all of us to see to see Dallas struggling to break down a 10 10 right. man team which you know it, it, it's always frustrating when, when teams bunker like that and knowing that you know you your team is struggling um it was close, and you know it had to come from a set piece. That's that's really the only the way they're going to score. Yeah, right, right. And uh, they kept pushing, they kept trying. Um, yeah, the the you know Dallas really hasn't found their their form with corner kicks as much uh, in the past couple of seasons. I hope that will come through at some point. But uh, you know those kinds of situations don't always deliver for Dallas. So yeah, it sort of plays into Austin's hands at that point, but. Hey, credit to Dallas for just sticking in there. You keep you keep at it, and and you find a way. And you know, Tafari becomes your 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 fourth striker that we didn't know we had on the roster, right? So credit to him. He's a character. Well, let's go back to the red card, the second yellow to Pereira. Uh, you know, I, there's been a little chatter that people thought that was harsh, but I, it. It was, it was warranted. It was a, it was warranted. He had, he was already carrying a yellow, and then the foul that he it was a clean foul. It was basically there was, it was an automatic yellow for that kind of foul. It was a clean. He didn't hit the ball. He hit uh, our player in, in the legs. I mean, anyone who argues with that yellow is too much of a homer, I think. You know, because that was clean. That was inexcusable, undefensible. Uh, and and if that had been an FC Dallas player, I would have still been saying the same thing. I would have said, hey, that was dumb for that player to do that. Let's face it, you're on a yellow. The last thing you should be doing is diving uh, for the ball. You know, those those sliding tackles, you should not be doing those. You should not even be attempting them unless they're 100% clean. Right. And that wasn't clean. It was contested. And you're carrying yellow. I'm sorry, but you play with fire, you're going to get burned. Mm-hmm. Well, RT's question here about going back to Jesus Jimenez, uh, is it time to write him off? Uh, you know, it wasn't a great outing for him. Um, I was I was a little surprised they didn't go with Ansa, who at least had a little more rhythm perhaps, but it's still new to the team. So, yeah, um, 
I, I, it's harsh to say it's time to write him off. It's been a weird season for him. Um, but at the same time, you would hope he'd at least uh, be a little more of a presence in, a, in the attack, or in the attacking flow at this point with, with his time with the team. What do you think, Jose? Um, well, yes, yes, the answer, the answer is yes, yes and, and no. no. So um, Jimenez is brought in, and let's face it, he's would work better in a pairing with Jesus or another striker in a more of a 4-4-2 or any any formation that has uh, two strikers. And then what he was doing would have been, you know, uh, trying to hold up and stuff like that. Would have been welcomed. But when he's the lone striker, what he was doing wasn't working. And... and you know, that's having him next to Jesus or another striker is ideal. So he's he's just not right for the system. And I know that FC Dallas has flirted with playing like a 4-4-2 uh, or, or, you know, like a three in the back and stuff like that, where a second forward like Jimenez would be ideal. But let's face it, with all the additions and everything that the team's done, there really is no reason to play a two-striker formation. So Jimenez is the wrong man for what FC Dallas' primary formation is. He is going to be good if they go to a secondary 4-4-2, but there's no reason to do it right now. With all the wingers you've got, all the midfielders you've got, I'm sorry, it, he is in the same boat as Edwin Cirillo was. Where Edwin Cirillo was, uh, you know, and, and mind you, had an excellent game for LAG, who, who won 3-0 and, and, you know, looked great. Because Los Angeles Galaxy's, Galaxy is playing with two sixes, two defensive mids, and Surreal plays best in that formation. And FC Dallas can play in that formation, but they would rather not. They want they want the single pivot. They want the two eights. And so Surreal was, you know, I like the kid, and he played his heart out for us. And and I'm not. I'm not knocking his play in Dallas. I'm just saying his best position was with another six. And so it's a blessing for him to go to LAG. And unfortunately for Jimenez, he needs to go to a two-striker uh, system. So unless Dallas plans to incorporate some 4-4-2 or something like that, then the answer is yes. Unfortunately, Jimenez will never add up for this team unless there's some kind of formation change. And and frankly, I'm ready for Ansa to be given a shot as the number two striker because he looks more in line to what the team wants. Um, you know, hmm. Hmm. A, 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 what Dallas wants is a striker that can also play on either wing so that they can then rotate. So you can have Jesus, Ansa, uh, uh, O'Brien and have them all just basically swap in spots. Even even you know Velasco, whoever you put on the wings, they want their strikers to and, and their wingers to be interchangeable. And Jimenez can only play one yeah. position, so he kind of hamstrings what Dallas likes to do. So yeah, it's it's you know I like the guy. I I still think he can help, and he can help some teams. 
and he should actually he's he's a guy that you want to bring in in as a sub when teams are bunkering you know mm-hmm. but right now unless like i said unless Dallas formation changes on its way i'm afraid i'm afraid Jimenez is simply in the wrong formation uh, our friends over at Big D Soccer did a look at the, this question, uh, Hoach, uh, on how long is Jimenez on our books for. And it, it, he, it looks like he is a fully under contract for another season, 2024, and then there's maybe an option year mm-hmm. after that. So, um, And you know, it's not a bad insurance to have if Jesus does get sold. Jesus Ferreira gets sold this winter. We've been There's been some chatter about that going on, but uh, we'll wait and see uh, you know, about that. Um, yeah, you know, and RT, we'll come back to our other question here in a minute. Um, yeah, it, w- it was good to see Cerio get the start, see him thrive. Yes. Uh, yeah, it just it's still kind of weird. Three hundred K bonus ever, you know, because you know that that I thought that was weird that you know if he, he had to play at least one game for them to get. It's like, have you seen the Los Angeles Galaxy? Cerio was immediately one of their best players and pretty much a must start for them, and and you know. They've got a ways to go to, from getting out of the cellar, but I, I think Surreal will become a key cog for that team. Uh, yes, but you know it's it's I don't know. I, I, I think I think Jimenez can still help this team, but I see him more as a super sub. Like I said, he's the guy that you want with fresh legs coming in when teams are bunkering like like Austin was doing there at the end. We've always wanted that big strong striker. And, and and frankly, for what they're probably going to be paying him, he's your new Hara. He's your new overpaid striker that isn't starting for you and coming off the bench. I'm sorry to say. I mean, not saying that you know he can't help us. I'm just saying for what he's going to be getting paid, he should be fighting for a starting spot. And, and right now, like I said, I I think he'd be a great super sub for us, but not much more. Yeah, and, you know, the whole – he was brought in um, because we were missing, you know, Jesus for, uh, you know, Gold Cup action and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, but then Jesus Jimenez gets injured and he doesn't get an extended run that we were hoping. And maybe he would be much more informed and, you know, and figuring things out. So um, – and as to your question about Geo status, I mean, you know, nothing yet, I don't think. Um, I think I Wednesday or Thursday when the team has its meet – well, actually, I guess they're playing uh, Wednesday night, so there might be Wednesday, yep. a, a call tomorrow, and we can find out more about his status. Um, hopefully, it's just a, um, a precautionary c- kind of thing, and and he'll be back soon. Um, but yeah, like, and, and our buddy Kuv is, is is you know is with us here, and yeah, we got to give give Nkosi some love, and and just his. Um, his his attitude, his personality, a really nice, uh, a nice. I I think he's due for a contract extension. Um, let me look at what what Big D said. His um, and and while you're looking that up, just want to remind everybody that while we've all been crapping on Martinez and we've had our complaints about Quinone and Tuomasi, FC Dallas right now has the number two defense in the league. Mm. Number two, with all all the issues that we think we have on defense, FC Dallas has still managed to basically there. There's only one team ahead of them. Uh, actually, I didn't watch the, the Seattle game on 
last night. What was the score on that? Uh, before that draw. game, because before that game, Seattle was sitting at 25 goals and FC Dallas was at 26. So, yeah, I think it was we may be draw, second. I yeah, I think we may be second simply by they they played the same games. We may be tied for first in all honesty. Well, that's good. And, and Kosi, actually, he has another year under his contract and then two option years. So I guess the, the your front office is probably not in any hurry to uh, negotiate I, I think, right away. I think yeah. he's playing to the level now. If he gets a couple, let's say he earns a couple more more uh, player of the weeks or, you know, at least, at least you know, makes the bench or something like that because, let's face it, his, his play has been that well. They're going to have to renegotiate at some point, you know, maybe not this season, but they got to start thinking about it and say, hey, we weren't certain if, if, if Koss was the guy, but he looks like the heir apparent to the legend. In all honesty, we've all known it, we've seen it, and, and it's really now to the point where it's ridiculous if Koss isn't starting. It should be Koss starting every game so long as he's healthy and Martinez and Ibiaga rotating starts because let's face it cost right now is your best guy he is and 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 you know he's still got room to grow so i mean i think we've all seen it we've all been waiting for him to basically step forward and take command and we're starting to see it we're starting to see a guy who's starting to show that fire that leadership that that the person leading the back line should have so i think he's coming into his own this season and frankly they should start thinking about giving him a new contract and saying, hey, you're going to be our bellwether back there. Good stuff. And, hey, I got to give a shout-out to Jose Martinez, who definitely is a guy, veteran guy, certainly, locker room guy, uh, and, you know, has had some moments uh, where he his veteran savvy is a help, but has also had moments where you're just like, what are you doing, man? Uh, there was a, a moment in the second half where Austin was on counter, uh, uh, counter, and it looked really dangerous. And there's Jose uh, in front of the man with the, whoever was was coming forward from Austin on the ball. And in the past, I think that was the kind of play that Jose knows he was going to get burned on, speed wise, and so he would have just dove in for a tackle and whiffed or something, and then it really would have turned this a bad situation just into a full on fire, you know. Uh, but in this case, he didn't. He actually kept his positioning, kept in front of the defender, and uh, forced the counterattack to fizzle. And so I, I was just—it was just a little moment in there. I was like, "Thank you, Jose." Like that's, gosh, that. And I don't know if that, some of that is because you know you get injured, you get knocks, and you just don't have the strength or the energy to keep going. But he was up for it uh, even on Saturday in a really tough situation so credit to him as well and you know, for the thing with his, jose is that we know what he is we know what he can do and and we all knock him for for when he does get beaten you know because let's face it he's not the fastest guy out there and everybody knows this and still the i mean this man is a lunch pail guy you know he comes in he does his work he does it quietly he doesn't make any fuss and 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 there's a place for a player like that here and it's the point like i said where you play the matchups you know for certain teams you're going to want jose and for other teams you're going to want ibiaga and cost should be your everyday starter and frankly you're starting to see you already know farfan is a lockdown left back you know cost is locked down uh, locked down one of the center back spots and and 
if Giovanni Jesus is is healthy, you have to think he's locking down that that spot over Tuomasi because Tuomasi, yes, he's an excellent defensive player, much better than Giovanni Jesus. But man, that his, his 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 when he goes forward, he just looks like he doesn't know what to do. He looks it's too hesitant, you know. And, and maybe that's the fact that he's not 100%, which is, you know, it's a, it's a valid concern. But let's face it, Giovanni Jesus' defense has been getting better. And as his defense gets better, the gap separating him and Tomasi grows. Because the one thing Tomasi has over Jesus is defense. And, and like I said, as Giovanni Jesus is starting to show that his defense is coming around, where he's he's becoming less and less a liability there, you know. It, it, it's it's just I don't know. I, I I'm not counting out to Amasi yet because there's going to be teams that you say, hey, let's let's start a def, you know a defensively strong lineup. So Tomasi is still, I would say, him and Jesus are still going to rotate starts. But I think right now the bulk of those rotation starts have to go to Jesus as long as he's healthy. Farfan is good. I mean, this team is is the roster has really come together. Uh, and from moments when we were like, man, where is the depth? Where and uh, we see that it's it, it's there if if people can can step up. Um, and one other thing we saw, of course, the debut of Iramendi. Uh, nice to see him on the pitch and um, yeah, and and really bring a calming presence toward the end of the game to be a be a point, a fresh set of legs, but also a point for getting the ball moved around. Um, that, and I think he's certainly contributed to sort of that push for that go-ahead goal, um, even if, uh, you, know, uh, it, you know, it didn't come earlier like we all wished it had. But good to see him for the first time, and, and I know he's got a lot of growing to do to kind of get acquainted with this team. You know what? I, I, I think I mentioned it in our chat that, that I thought I was that, – that I was impressed with what little I saw from him. But I've had time to think about it, thinking about it since since I put that in the chat that, that I thought I was impressed with. And going back and rewatching the game, I'm even more impressed now because you have to take into context what was going on, uh, in context what was happening. And, and you have a man who's new to the team, who's probably in preseason shape, form, and it just the entire time he was out there, Tuomasi and Ariola kept deferring to him. You know, they kept just, you know, they didn't know what to do with the ball, so they, they just give it back to him. All the other attackers, they were clueless. They would just give him the ball. They would immediately defer to him. And and, and it was like, do something, guys. Oh, no, we're just going to give it back to you. And he was fine. He was just controlling that portion of the field and and – my goodness, did he look cool as a cucumber out there? I mean, I was, you know, I'm like, it's, he just seems so relaxed and calm. Like, you've you've seen this from from you know some of the other Spanish players, you know, namely in Inter Miami, where they look like they're walking, but they're getting a lot done. And a lot of times you're like, wow, this guy looks like he's no rush. But at the same time, at no time did he get dispossessed that I that I recall at no time did he seem pressured to to rush any passes he just simply 
And mind you, he's new to the team. He, he can't know what runs his teammates are going to make, and yet he was making the right pass almost each and every time. And, and, and why wasn't offensive? There's still room for that. There's still room. If you can control and dictate the midfield, if you can have that kind of player, I mean, the potential is 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 there. From what I've seen, I'm impressed. And and let's see, once he actually gets informed, what else he can do. Right. And ask me, answer me this question though. What the, um, I wasn't sure what position he was playing. Was he a six or an eight? I I thought he was honestly like well, an eight, I think they were like the deep brother yeah. two, and he would kept dropping back like a like a. Right. Dual six or dual eight. It was kind of like a hybrid, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I, I, I mean, I think it was some of it was this game mode. I mean, it was this game state. It was, you know, Austin is parking the bus. Uh, they had even gone at one point to just one center back. You know, uh, Jose had Martinez had come off. Uh, so, yeah, at that point, I think uh, he was going to pushing forward a little bit. Oh, a little credit there to Dante Sealy as well for coming in for Jose Martinez. Just sort of just like. I'll take guys on. Like, why aren't you guys, you know, of course, some of those guys out there have been out there for 90 minutes and been taking people on all, you know, and struggling. Uh, but here comes this kid. That's what his job is. Just come out, hey, do something and create some I, I opportunities. I like what I saw from uh, Ansa and, and Seeley in this match. I like what I saw from uh, Yara and, and from Giovanni Jesus before his injury. And, to, I mean, it's not like everybody had a bad game. It's just there was a portion of the team that that didn't really play too well. They they just played rusty. They looked yeah, like I said, just, just like a little disconnect, a little off. timing off, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but you got. saw flashes from everybody though. Almost everybody had a flash. Like Ariola didn't look all that great, but you saw flashes of his hustle. You know, they contributed to the goal there at the end. You see, so and that reminder of what he does out there, even when he's having a bad game. This guy fights and fights and fights. That he he's a guy that creates chaos, you know, uh, just from from all his scrambles that he makes. Um, and and that's one of the reasons I wasn't too happy that Kamongo was taken out because Kamongo has shown that he's another guy that creates chaos out there, you know. So so I was impressed with some players that showed flashes, but really it was it was an inconsistent and complete game from most players. But they all didn't look bad. Some players looked pretty good in limited roles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Jose Jose's, Jose, who has a gift of gab here. That's how we appreciate it. <laughs> that's right. Well, um, but, okay, so we'll come back. We'll come back and looking at the coming games. One little bit of news about FC Dallas before we just talk a bit about um, uh, about North Texas. Just update uh -huh. everybody on where they are. We want, want this news here. Um, of uh, of uh, a report from uh, Daniel Daniel Nora uh, that uh, that Velasco's likely getting called up for the U23s, so the Argentine Argentine national team. So uh, I think they recognized his form. It probably helps that he played against such a great game against Messi you know, earlier this month. Well, yeah. Technically against Busquets, I mean he was making Busquets' life miserable. Yeah, right, right. Uh, that whole match, and and frankly. You can honestly say that the game turned when he left the field. Uh, it really changed the entire game, you know. Uh, and and any, anybody can see that he was class, that he belonged out there playing 
with uh, with with the the, the Spanish midfielders and yeah, um, the, the rumor came out several days ago actually, but this is the, the first time that you get like an actual confirmation that it's happening. But the rumor had been around for about a week that Argentina would be calling uh, calling him up for the Olympic pre-Olympic camp, and and I think we're all excited about that. Be a good experience. Uh, we're not excited that he can hopefully he doesn't miss any time, but yeah. but he's a player that why wouldn't you let him go? And and frankly, um, he's a player that unlike Jesus, you could actually play on without Velasco because he's been playing centrally, and apparently Iara is more of an eight than a six, so you could then slot Iara and uh, Leggett together. With Quinone in the back, so, so I think they would ha be able to compensate for. I'm not saying they wouldn't miss him, but it wouldn't be say as big of a miss as if you lost Jesus for for a time for a, for a long time. Well, sh shifting over to North Texas, then we'll come back and look at this week's uh, this week's games for FC Dallas, but. Um, we uh, North Texas, you know, just it's not been their season. But the good news is they're not completely out of the post game. It, it's it's a really slim. I mean, it's they're gonna they need, help. need help. They they, they need to run the table. table. They'll need they to run need the help. table, and they're gonna need some help from other guys. So in all likelihood, they are not gonna make the playoffs. I mean, it's just there's just too many <laughs> the scenarios where it just hurts. But the, the, the bad thing about about the three remaining games is the strength schedule is they're going to play the number one team. They're going to play the number two team and they're going to play like the number five team. So that they're all three opponents they have remaining on their schedule are all pretty much going to be playoff. You know, two of the top seeds. Uh, I may be wrong. I think it's the first team and the third place team right now. Uh, but the one team that they play on the road is, is Houston. And Houston is a tremendous home team, and 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 North Texas SC has struggled in Houston since the day they arrived in MLS Next. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was a good it was a good away victory for for North Texas, one of their better defensive performances recently against a team, by the way, that they needed to beat. That's ahead of them in the standings. Mm. And Vancouver still, I mean, Carrera had to work, having ten saves. Some of this, you know, some of the saves weren't as great as others, but uh, Vancouver certainly had their opportunities. Uh, but yeah, credit to like Corka and, and, and Nolan Norris get going, both going full ninety. Herbert Endale going ninety. So those first team guys getting some crucial minutes um, and, and you know getting opportunity there. And Carl Sante, another good performance. But and Jose Milato, eighth goal of the season. And and I, I asked the coach about that a, a few weeks back, just because like. He hasn't played a whole lot for North Texas. It's been sporadic because of the injury thing, and he still's got eight goals, and so that's a good sign for him and his talent. Um, yeah. It's yes and no. I mean, um, I was listening to the uh, the uh, third degree podcast when Bus said that Mulatto has been loaned out to North Texas for the remainder of the season. Right. To make because they needed yeah. that foreign spot, I think they for that foreign spot. Yeah, but frankly, and I while he's had a rough year and he seemed to have regressed, I I honestly think he hasn't been 100% healthy. And 
the injuries prevented him from he should have been loaned out to a USL team. That's the bottom line is he was clearly not ready to play at FC Dallas. But he's showing again that once healthy, he's too good to be playing at the MLS next level. And and frankly, uh, next season, I would be disappointed if he's still playing, uh, you know, with a senior team, not getting minutes and then playing with North Texas. I don't want to see that. I, I think he's the guy that needs to go on loan. He needs to be playing for the San Antonio's MCs or, or whoever that that is going to give him minutes as opposed to what we're seeing with Parker where he's you know sent to one of the better teams and isn't getting any minutes, and that's not helping anybody. Yeah, yeah. But so credit to North Texas, uh, an important uh, win, and I think – Coach Gall, um, seeing the work that this team has been putting in, so it's, it's been a disappointing year. Uh, but it also um, feels a little like they're building for next year in some ways by yeah. these new faces. And I want to add that, that, that uh, uh, to what you just said, and 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 because I think I thought that I was going to add, and that is that it's clearly a transition year for North Texas. If you look at the sheer number of of young players that they've signed, uh, that you know. Uh, Ursu, uh, uh, Diego, uh, Pep, uh, Pepe's brother, you know, um, and 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 uh, Lazy, and, and there's a lot of young players that were still pretty raw, you know, um, that will be better next year, you know. They're they're basically this is their first year being professionals, and yes, we're aware that some of the uh, that the uh, some of the international players have panned out like in previous years, but there's a lot of players transitioning on this team right now to professionals. Even even uh, uh, Pondeca is, is is transitioning from futsal, and he's only recently started to show what he can do. And that's what you're seeing is 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 even if North Texas doesn't make the playoffs, which is a very real reality, they can still finish on a high note. And they've signed enough young players that you can clearly see this team is transitioning. And and another thing, there hasn't been any sure hit future superstar academy products recently, other than Carrera maybe. And 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 there's been a drop off in in the academy, you know, uh, just. Not, 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 not in the, the level, level of talent that they have, have but that, that there's not, not a lot of difference makers like they were in the past. I mean, you look at some of the players that came out of there, you know, Reynolds, Ferreira, you know, Paxton, Pepe, and it goes on and on. Well, those guys are gone, and they ha- those guys haven't been replaced. There's still a lot of players that are talented that will need several years of seasoning to become solid professionals. And, and more, think more Edwin Cerillo types, you know, sure. uh, players that are going to need a lot of time. And, and, and that's really the difference is, is before you could go bring up some future superstar from the academy and give him minutes, and now you're getting players that are young and still learning to be professionals and will need a year or two, maybe three, to, to get it right. And, and that's where the results are. They're... Playing inconsistent, and we see it. It's infuriating to see him score a goal and then allow a goal, you know, less than a minute. Time and time again. Time and time again, and that's a sign of youth. 
that's a sign of inconsistency. That's a sign of them relaxing or still celebrating when they should be focusing on the game in hand, and, and they'll grow out of that. Yeah. So, well, congratulations to them. It was, uh, you know, it was a good result, and I, I think that they, they – you know, celebrated a bit after game because um, uh, because certainly after the season has been, I think they need to take all the, the the joy they can to remind themselves why they they play and and plug in. But um, you know, still three more games. They are not mathematically eliminated. Yeah. So yeah, see what happens. And, you, you know, know game one time. Five, one to try to get the result in each one. They probably won't happen. But even if they do, more power to them. Like I said, they they they're. They, they, they can finish strong and, and say, okay, look, that's something we can build on. So back to FC Dallas as we close out the show. Two games this week. Uh, luckily, the, the, the team is, is, for the most part, healthy, so there should be some rotation. We might see uh, E.R. Mendy get his first start. You know, there's some options uh, for this team, uh, you know, to think about the lineups and, and Jesus should be good to go after uh, a week of being under the weather. Right. So, yeah. But this uh, Wednesday, uh, this uh, Wednesday night, it's uh, they travel to St. Louis. That's a really crucial matchup. I think um, it'll be interesting to see. You want to get a point at this, at this junction in the season, you want to get as many points as you can. But I think, you know, Dallas has no reason not to go in and try to steal all three points uh, against St. Louis um, City. And then back at home on Saturday against Atlanta, who actually is a really interesting team to face right now. because Very, very inconsistent team. Yeah, but and they have they played well this past weekend. But the rumor is is that uh, Thiago Amada is, is on his way out, that uh, Ajax is negotiating for him. Will a deal get done in time? I think their window closes September 1st, so he might not be with the team. And so that might be a little bonus for FC Dallas. Uh, yeah, but they, is, they've been a very inconsistent team. I mean, they look sure. like, you know, they look like a playoff team one, one week, and then they look like they're clues the next. You know, they're, they're, you don't know which Atlanta you're going to get. So that'll be a very interesting game to see which team shows up, you know. But, you know, they had a big win. And, and teams can build on wins like that, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, who did they uh, beat they, this weekend? Oh my, because it, it was a it was a beatdown. I mean, it was it was a Thiago yeah. Amato show. Uh, in fact, he was named Player of the of the Match Day. Um, they crushed Nashville. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, by the way, had the number one defense, believe it or not, and now are tied with FC Dallas for the number one defense. I looked it up. Um, so Nashville and FC Dallas have allowed the same number of goals, except Nashville allowed four goals against Atlanta. And, and that's just that's just a hangover from all the League's Cup play. I mean, that's that was my thing with – I wasn't too upset that Dallas didn't go further. Yes, of course, I, I would have preferred they'd gone further. But I was concerned that if FC Dallas beat Miami – they had a beatable opponent in front of them in, in Charlotte, and then they would have played, basically been locked into two more games, and then they would be exhausted coming into this. And I think Nashville is that's you're seeing the result of going too deep into into uh, into League's Cup. All right, so predictions for this this week, Jose. What do you what are you thinking? Um, 
RT thinks we can beat St. Louis. Uh, you know, the, the performance against on Saturday against Austin gives me a little pause to think that FCS is just going to run out uh, against them. Uh, but, you know, I'd be happy with a 1-1 draw uh, at this stage of the season um, with some positives and some, you know, the team getting itself back together. Um Maybe they sneak out a two-two-one or a one-nothing win. I mean, what are you thinking, Jose? Um, give me a minute. I, I I heard a rumor that I'm trying to verify it, and I, I can't find it. But I thought one of St. Louis's key players was injured, and we won't know till till obviously till they release the. The injury reports, but I believe one of their key players is out for the FC Dallas game, and and from what I hear from their fans, when he doesn't play, the team plays like crap, kind of like when, kind of like when Jesus doesn't play, along those lines. So I'll be watching the injury report, and and I think because both teams are playing, you know, on a short week, it'll come down to depth. And it'll come down to if if the FC Dallas players that are coming off injuries and haven't got a lot of minutes, it'll come down to how they play, in all honesty. I think it's going to be a very dryish game. I think you're right. But it is a game that I think they can pull a win from. <coughs> One thing that they'll have going for them is Jesus will be fresh. Yeah. So your most dangerous player is going to be fresh for this game. And... and, and yeah, I think you'll. I think you'll see Martinez rotate out. You'll see Ibiaga come in. You get Tomasi, probably, or depending. Hopefully, if Giovanni Jesus just tweaked and it was cautionary, we get him back. Yeah, I think FC Dallas has a chance to walk out with three points, but they can't. They can't be aggressive. They gotta be. You know, it's gotta be a, a typical. It's gotta not. Look, not much difference than the Austin game, in all honesty. I hate to say it that way, but Nico's going to play to kill the game, try to keep it 0-0, and try to sneak out of there with a 1-0 win. Mm-hmm. And and I have faith in him. I think I think with a, health, with a healthy, fresh-legged Jesus, I think Dallas is capable of doing that because I think St. Louis is going to try to run with Dallas. And Dallas, for all its flaws, punishes those kind of teams. And so, yeah, I, I right. think I think okay. uh, my prediction is 1-0 FC Dallas. I do expect it to be a draw, but you know what? Good. I'll All take right. the fresh leg his his who's to 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 score as a winner. Good RT. Good. I like I like his, I like his pick even better, but I'm trying to give St. Louis their props. They're tough at home. They've been playing well. I'm worried about their depth, but. Mm-hmm. Not like our depth has, has is great. It, it, it will be great when everybody's healthy and informed, but they're not there yet. So, yeah, I think it'll be a, a ugly game, and and I think Dallas walks out of there with with a one goal win, whether it's one zero or two one or three two. I think Dallas can pull it off. And I I think on Saturday uh, uh, this weekend I think it'll be a, a three nothing FC Dallas win at home, and I think I think Atlanta is going to sell Almada. And so we'll be sort of in a strange place as a team, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't. I don't know if Ajax has. I, the, honestly, it, I think I a four-point four uh, uh, 
four points out of those two games would be the ideal uh, result, but 6-0 is even better, and, and I'll be cheering for 3-3. Three and three. All right. Well, let's leave it there. Thanks, everyone, for your questions, your comments. Uh, it's fun. And, of course, we'll be posting the audio to this tomorrow, as well as some other features coming up. I'm uh, going to sit down with a conversation with Carl Sante from North Texas SC and about his journey and kind of his goals as a player and, and how he's perceived this season to have gone. And uh, some other, hopefully, some other interesting bits that, that will filter in. And, and by the way, if you haven't checked out um, some of the Austin – uh, fan base, you know, commiseration. That's it's a good, it's a good, you know, ten minutes of your time to poke around on Twitter. <laughs> one, one last thought though uh, on the North Texas game. Uh, Tabuada made his. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Made his debut, and and honestly, he looks. He reminds me a lot of Mulatto in all honesty in his style of play. You know, uh, he's clearly a, a pure nine. Although they did play him on the wings at times, but he looks like a big physical player, uh, not slow, um, and he, but he looks raw, just like Mulatto looked really raw his first year. That's what this guy looks like, and, and I did like what I saw from him potential-wise, and, and I could see him, it won't be this year because he joined so late, but I'm curious to see what he does with a, with a couple of games under his belt with a team in a full preseason next yeah. year. I, I did good. like what he saw. He's got a lot of raw tools and a lot of potential. So he looks like another mulatto type and, 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 you know, uh, I'm polished gem, you know? Yeah. Well, good stuff. Well, thanks Jose. Thanks everybody. Have a good night and, uh, go FC Dallas. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Good night. good night. By the way, do you like my new kit? Yeah. <laughs> For Madison. All right. For Madison. <laughs> <laughs>